Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Every once in a while, we gotta f*** the religious people. There are 720 churches in Charlotte. I'm sure we can find one where you can stuff your face. Shut up. Quit pointing out the problem. Men will be proud, arrogant, abusive. You watch some of today's rock star pastors and you will see every characteristic Paul listed played out in vivid detail on the church stage. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Freel. The mail is here! Ooh, haven't you been productive? And I'm grateful. This is Wretched Radio. Oodles of stories and articles and sermons sent to idea at wretched.org. Can't tell you how happy that makes me, including lots of great questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, sent to idea at wretched.org. And we start with Sarah. Who says, Todd, I am experiencing a lot of mental and emotional dissonance with the revival ah. occurring at Asbury. Yeah, yeah. Not the gathering of students itself, but the other response, the other Christians' responses. Many of our church leaders and members have visited the campus to participate or quote, experience it for themselves. Yeah, right. And are sharing pictures and video on social media. As followers of Christ, are we setting a good good example when we flock to something like this rather than expecting the Spirit to meet us in our own churches? Yeah. (laughs) The question is definitional. What is a revival? That's what's being bantied about with the Asbury University revival in Wilmore, North Carolina? Uh, Kentucky. 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 Uh I'm sorry, Wilmore, Kentucky. Although I just read South Carolina looking to ban abortion from conception. You go, South Carolina. Supposedly, there is an air quote revival taking place on a university campus, which has taken place in 2015, 2005, 1998, and all the way back to their founding in like 1915. In other words, it appears the spirit certainly does seem fond of falling on Asbury University in Kentucky somewhat regularly. What are we to make of it? Well, let's start, if we can, with the positive. There are going to be some kids there that maybe, if they hear good preaching, not just ecstatic worship, but if they hear good preaching, they will grow in their faith. Perhaps they will be encouraged because they get to meet a lot of Christians who are coming from around the globe. So there could be some positive fruit from it. That's pretty much all I got, Jimmy. <laughs> so now let's just let's just do what we're commanded to do, and that is to test all things. What is going on there? Well, one of the headlines that is appearing even in NBC News is, hey, in fact, hold on, Jimmy, look at me. Got it right here. A nonstop Kentucky prayer revival is going on TikTok, and people are traveling thousands of miles to take part. That's what Sarah is wondering. Is a revival when Christians hear that there's something that appears to be unique going on in Kentucky at a university campus? Is Christians flocking to it to experience it a revival? Well, if you mean revival, like, you know, I heard a great sermon and I'm just so encouraged. 
I'm even downright energized about being a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay. But historically, when we use the term revival, we think people getting saved, not Christians hearing about it on social media and coming to check it out and experience it. You can experience revival in your own heart anytime you hear good preaching and read your Bible. You don't need to travel to Kentucky for that. A revival, in my opinion, are people getting saved who heretofore were not. Now, for instance, let's just say that there were rumors about a revival happening at the University of Kentucky. Not kids who are Christians at the University of Kentucky going to Asbury to experience what they're calling a revival. But on the campus, it's great. People are getting saved. The Christians are witnessing to other kids. Yeah, they're bringing them to a chapel service where they're hearing preaching. And these kids who are hostile to the gospel, they're now repenting and putting their trust in Jesus Christ. You'd go, okay, all right, now that's a move of the Spirit. That's that's the Holy Spirit doing the work that only he does, the regeneration of souls. And what we're hearing coming out of Asbury, it isn't quite that. Now, I suspect if you go to social media, you can find somebody who says, you know, I came to the thing, I'm on the campus, I wasn't really a Christian, now I am. Well, if that happened, praise God. We don't want to be wet blankets when somebody actually gets saved just because it's a part of something that we're a wee bit skeptical of. So I think that a revival means more than extended worship, because that's what we hear a lot, that it's just a whole lot of worshiping going on. Well, we could gather, for instance, here at this ministry, and we start worshiping, and it goes on for days and days and days. We could TikTok it. We could send it out on social media and say, there's a revival breaking out at the ministry. You'd go, well, what do you mean there's a revival? What do you mean by that? Aren't you all Christians? It's a Christian university. Now, if those rumors started coming out of Google or Amazon, you'd go, huh, people are getting saved in Silicon Valley? Can it be that there's a, there's a movement of the Holy Spirit? I, we, we, would, we would celebrate that. Now, one of the things that we noticed in the revival up at Asbury is it's breaking out onto other campuses. Now, I don't know all of the campuses, but there are right now 24-7 prayer vigils taking. This particular article at uh, ABC News identifies three universities that are praying constantly, where separate worship and prayer gatherings have broken out. So they're not putting the emphasis on preaching and teaching. They're putting the emphasis on worship and prayer. These universities all happen to be affiliated with the same denomination as Asbury University. Now, there could be more, but it is a little bit odd that the spirit is falling on one denomination only, which puts a pretty heavy emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Incidentally, I watched the sermon that presumably kicked off this revival, and the young man said, before the sermon began, Hey, we've been we've been praying for revival. We're we're looking for revival here. And he preaches a sermon and presumably revival breaks out. Now, I don't know how much effort was being put into producing a revival, 
Count me skeptical, though, when the preacher says we're trying to get a revival going here. That's not the way that it works. We do not initiate a revival. We proclaim truth. We proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then the Holy Spirit brings about revival. Now, could a revival be a re-energizing of the church to be bold in the proclamation of the gospel? Sure. Sure, you could if you want to use that term. So I think the definition of revival is key. I'm sure that there will be some good fruit that comes out of this. But is this a genuine revival? When we think of the first and second great awakening, where did those revivals take place? In communities. Yeah, in churches. But people were starting to flood to churches and they were hearing, for instance, sinners in the hands of an angry God. And it wasn't manifested in just worship. It's centered around teaching. So let's pray for some good to come out of this. Uh, hopeful, but I'm sorry. I don't want to be a drag, but I'm just I'm just skeptical. And I, I, whenever something like this surfaces, I always like the question, why do we get so ecstatic about these ecstatic movements? And why, incidentally, doesn't something like this happen at a at a Bible teaching church that's expository? Why, 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 why aren't people just getting revived there? like this. Why does this university actually have a history of these events? It is noted they've done documentaries on their revivals. One university every decade or so having a revival that appears to be something that they aim for? Uh, I'm just going to be a little bit skeptical and pray for something good to come of it. Jimmy? Yes. We're going to win the wet blanket award? Probably. Okay. <laughs> all right. No, I, I I don't disagree with you at all. Do you, do you think that? I'm skeptical for sure. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not a skip, by the way. It's not a skip. Why would we not want to see people getting saved? No, that's, that's absolutely right. But don't present it as a revival. Like, the spirit is moving. The spirit is falling. By the way. Francis Chan, I think, was endorsing this movement. This, we need this. We need the spirit falling because we're just not acting like Christians enough. And the revo- we need revival. Thank you. Spot on. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Bentley is on his way there. Uh, people that are typically associated with some movements where you'd go, oh no, please. Why are they flooding there? Revival doesn't get flown in. Revival breaks out. And it is not based on worship and, and, and feeling something. It's based on the proclamation of the truth and unregenerated humans getting convicted of their sin. Now, can they respond in worship? Of course, we, Jonathan Edwards described that. In fact, it should, frankly, but not at the exclusion of a genuine gospel proclamation focused around the preaching of the word of God. So, disagree? Agree? Idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Masters Academy International, training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries 
to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines. Not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send? How many seminaries you might support overseas? To learn more, visit wretched.org pastor, or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org Bible. There's a reason we talk so much about biblical counseling around here. It's because it works. Transformed, our biblical counseling series, hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson, has returned for season number two. As a matter of fact, you can find it available now at transformed.org. Transformed season two demonstrates powerfully that the Bible has solutions for our emotional problems. Doctors Johnson and Gifford don't merely teach biblical counseling, they show biblical counseling in action. In season two, you'll meet Christians that are struggling with the same things you likely are. Assurance, PTSD, anger issues, depression, discontentment, anxiety, self-pity, and much more. And you'll see with your own eyes that the Bible is sufficient for all of life, godliness, and our emotional challenges. Transformed Season 2. Available now at transformed.org. That's transformed.org. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Books of the Bible. The book of Obadiah is a prophecy against the nation of Edom, who were descendants of Jacob's brother, Esau. Obadiah's message is clear. God will punish those who persecute his people. When you face troubles of any kind, turn to the Lord. Renew your faith in him, for he cares for his people. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. <laughs> thought I was being a drag. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, go ahead and correct me publicly. I, I was just saying that uh, uh, worship which is what's going on or singing it's going on at Asbury. A lot of it. Um, you continuously call it worship and not preaching and teaching, but You're pre correct. preaching and teaching is worship. Worship is preaching. So is our entire, Hey, so is our entire life. Exactly. Let our lives. So ha, 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 <laughs> with your definition of worship doesn't go far enough. You're correct. <laughs> I'm just using the vernacular of the populace. 
when we think about worship, we think about singing songs. Please send your thoughts to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from Wesley. Todd, uh, I'm really, really tired of how complicated and heartless society has gotten. I also don't have any real relationships and I don't see much of a future for myself. Lately, I had an idea of just throwing all of my belongings away and living a quiet life by myself in the woods Mm. from society like John the Baptist. Is this a sinful idea? Well, there's a lot there, but let's just, I'm just going to, because of the nearness of the statement and the question, is it a sin to go live like Laura Ingalls Wilder? No, no, not necessarily. You can do that if you choose to, because we have liberty in where we live. You want to watch out though for your motivation and secondarily, which actually is primarily, I'm sounding like Bill Clinton here. What about your local church? If you're if you're living in the forest away from everybody, that means you're not living in a fellowship of believers, and that's downright dangerous. And I would encourage you, Blue Christian, you need to find a good local church and you need to immerse yourself in it. Because while the love of the world it is growing colder and colder, the love inside of the church is not. The love inside of the church is sacrificial. It is active. And it is for you and you get to love others. So if you're feeling like, oh, this world, don't follow the pattern of a depressed culture. Headline, CDC reports 60% increases in high school girls seriously considering or planning suicide. This is heartbreaking. 57% of high school females reported feeling sadness or hopelessness in 2021. That's a 58% increase since 2011. The world is sad and we have a solution. First of all, we need to present and introduce them to the one who will never leave them nor forsake them. Then we need to immerse them in a local church. 30% of females seriously attempted committing suicide. That's a 60% increase in the last decade. Something's going on out there. Of course there is. We're increasingly post-Christian. We, we, we shun God as a nation and people, individuals are going to feel that effect. And girls, apparently more than boys, although boys do tend to attempt to commit suicide more than the girls do, if I remember correctly. 24% of females made a suicide plan in 2021, another 16% increase. That's the world. They're suffering, they are struggling, and they would find love, they would find a purpose, they would find an outlet for using their giftedness in the context of the local church. So, sir, my encouragement is please get yourself into a Bible teaching church and and and, and dive into it head first. Yeah, you're going to get some dings along the way, but you're going to ding others, so it's kind of a a growing sort of affair, which is exactly what happens in the context of a local church. And if you choose to ultimately move to the woods, well, that's that's up to you. Watch your motivation, but make sure it's not at the exclusion of your participation in a local church. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from Jay. Todd, our pastor currently will not perform gay weddings. However, the church elders have hired a practicing homosexual to work the video system for the church. As a member, how should I proceed? Uh, just uh, first of all, without even knowing the sexuality of the person running the AB stuff, 
That's a part of the worship service. Now, I know it's somewhat behind the scenes, but it is really the running of the worship service. I wouldn't say that it's in the position of elder, but it's somebody who's participating in the worship service. Why do we need to go outside for that? Now, I get it. You 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 need to bring in software and the for use of, of whatever, and it's it's from an, a pagan company. Oh, that's I I see a distinction. Having somebody from the outside who's not a believer participating in the service, I just don't see the need for that. And I would say that if you can't find that person inside of your church, train them up, or just don't utilize that technology. Just this is this is a service of believers. Now. People who are pagans are welcome to attend and visit that they might get saved. But that's different than inviting an outsider to come inside to participate in the worship service. Now, somebody to me, whether practicing homosexual, whatever the dynamic is that is going on there. Uh, strangely enough, that just seems secondary to me. If it's somebody who's not a believer, it's a heterosexual sinner. I think the principle that would cause me to say bad idea is an understanding of what it is that we do when we assemble together. Jimmy? Yes? You agree or disagree with that? No, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, and 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 let's, let's this isn't, honestly, if you had said that the guy was straight, I, I'd have the same answer. It's not about their sin proclivity. It's the fact that they're an unregenerate sinner participating in the worship service. This is why when I these big churches, they hire professional musicians. It's an act of worship. You're part of, why are we asking pagans to actually worship with us when they don't believe in the object of the worship? Idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from Drew. Hey, Todd, I wanted your opinion on Christians wearing necklaces that depict Jesus Christ on the cross. If they are simply wearing them and not praying uh, to Christ, is this a violation of anything? Well, it's it's, no, I don't think it is. Unless, of course, you think that it has some protective power. If you think that somehow it puts a hedge of protection around you, well, then it would be a problem because then it would be like a rabbit's foot or some sort of voodoo doll. But no, there's nothing wrong with Christian symbolism. And I got to tell you, I actually love it when people wear cross necklaces in public. Love it! Because if they're wearing the symbol of the crucifixion of the Son of God, I have every right to ask about that, and I usually do. Hey, nice cross. Do you know what that symbolizes, or why are you wearing that? And I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, I don't know. I just like the jewelry. I dig it. Would you mind putting our symbol away if you don't believe in it? But it's a great opportunity for a witness encounter. I've used it I don't know how many times. Idea, wretched.org. And this is from Nathan. Todd, I took out a loan before I was saved and I have debt to pay off. I want to get the loan paid off, but I also want to give. Should I be giving money to charity and the local church when I have outstanding debt to be paid? Well, first of all, let's flip that around. Church first, then charity. Having said that, there's there's some details here, and I would really just lean hard on this being a heart issue. I don't know if this is a secured debt. I don't know if it's a managed debt. In other words, it's a you 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 got a loan, but you've got a job. You're paying it off. You pay your rent. Every the bills are are paid and, and the thing is managed. 
And then if you have discretionary money, then I would say, yeah, absolutely give it to your church first. But if it's unmanaged, you're just buried in that thing. I don't think you can be giving what you don't have and increasing your debt. You work like crazy to get out of the debt so you can keep giving. Now, what about if the fellow, it's kind of managed, but he's going to wait to just pay the thing off. Then he'll start giving. Okay, but remember, God is a very good accountant. If there was money, if there were, if there was money in the meantime that you could have been giving, then you should have been giving that. And you should then, for whatever reason, you just want to wait until the debt has been absolved. Then you get then you 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 you, you should probably be doing some makeup because it is a heart issue in giving. So navigate your way through this thing, always examining your heart, and then send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. And I think you got to be careful that if you have a loan like that that you want to pay off before you start giving, not to find another loan to get once you get it paid off. Yeah, that I don't have any problem. I don't think the Bible has any problem with a secured type of debt. For instance, now don't yell at me, mom and dad. If you get a loan for an education, um, I think that that can be just fine. But it better be an education where you can actually make it up to pay off that loan. Okay, so like French feminist poetry from 1784, not a great degree. And that is offered. Don't don't get something that is just a long shot. Well, I want I want to be what would be a fan. I want to be Martin Scorsese. Okay, um, that's a goal that you you want. Now, could you work in the production, the movie industry, and it could be a diploma that, yes, you can do that, but don't have it be something so fantastic that it is not likely to pay off because then you're going to have yourself an unmanaged debt and it is going to be like a millstone around your neck. Make sure you always consider your heart as you consider your debt. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. The U.S. Department of Defense has issued guidance that would begin implementing an October 2022 directive that the DOD pay the cost of travel for service members and their dependents to receive abortions. The DOD has long been prohibited from funding abortions for service members, but it doesn't appear as though travel to get the abortion is in that prohibition. U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama announced that he would place a hold on all DOD civilian and flag officer nominations if the policy is implemented. And speaking of abortion, a group of attorneys general around the country have thanked the pharmacy chains Walgreens and CVS for their decision to begin selling abortion drugs. In a collaborative letter dated on Thursday, the attorneys general from 22 states and the District of Columbia asserted that the abortion drugs are very safe and much needed now that more than a dozen states ban killing unborn babies and abortions. One bill that's moving through the House of Representatives that seems to be gaining steam and sponsors is H.R. Bill 899, which is a bill stating the Department of Education would be terminated on December 31st, 2023. It'll be interesting to watch, and I know many people are asking, why introduce such a bill? It's likely due to instances like this. The Loudoun County School Board, if you remember, we've talked about them 
quite a bit in the past, and they're in the news again as they voted earlier this week not to release the findings of their internal investigation into the two sexual assaults committed by a gender confused boy. Republican U.S. Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri is making headlines again as he recently introduced legislation that would ensure Americans subjected to gender transition procedures as minors have the ability to sue those responsible for the life-altering harms. It's called the Protecting Our Children from Child Abuse Act, and it declares that physicians, clinics, hospitals, and educational institutions who involve themselves in transitions shall be liable for their involvement should the individual choose to sue down the road. Pensacola Christian College recently canceled a scheduled performance by an a cappella group after finding out that one of its members, quote, maintains a lifestyle that contradicts scripture. They announced Monday that it canceled a scheduled performance by the King's Singers, a British a cappella group, upon learning that one of the artists openly maintained a lifestyle that contradicts scripture. In their statement, they say the college was, quote, founded upon and guided by the Bible, adding that the college cannot knowingly give an implied or direct endorsement of anything that violates the Holy Scripture, the foundation for our sincerely held beliefs. Well, good for them, even though standing firm on your biblical convictions doesn't get you a lot of media coverage these days. More Wretched Radio, straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called our ransom. Through our sin, we are in bondage to sin and death. But Christ paid the fine to satisfy God's justice and purchase us as His holy people. If you are in Christ, you no longer belong to sin, but to God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hello and thank you for calling... This is Wretched Radio. That is the... I'm sorry, I'm getting a little verklempt over the phone system, which I've heard rumors is going to be improving. How soon, Jimmy? Uh, kind of nice when people take the time out of their day to call with a question, comment, conundrum, or start to one eight seven seven two eight two beep That way you can actually understand them. When? We're working. How long? We're until work- we get the phone system in? <laughs> we're working on it. one 877 Hi, Mr. Friel. Two questions. Can you please explain the biblical basis for having confidence that God propitiates and sends to heaven the unborn, babies who die young, and even the mentally incapable who are unable to repent and believe the gospel? That is a great question, and because it's so important and because I'm so confident in the response. Let's take it one at a time, shall we? How do we know that babies or those who do not have the mental capacities to understand what? Well, you would probably be inclined to say, well, that Jesus died for sinners. But I would also suggest to you, it is understanding that they are willfully sinning against God. That's the issue, which is why I wouldn't like go to the mattresses on this. But when you said that, that God propitiates babies, well, a propitiation is a buying back, but babies don't have a sin debt. It is because they're incapable of knowing that they're shaking their fist at God. Now, to be clear, are they vipers and diapers? Yes, they are. Are they totally depraved? Absolutely. Are they descendants of Adam? They most certainly are. But 
They are not knowingly sinning against God, therefore accumulating a sin debt which needs to be propitiated. So God graciously takes them to heaven because they do not have a debt. Now, where does that come from? Give or take 23, 24 verses that are emphatic on the subject, in my opinion. It's not just David and his child who died and then he gets up. Well, I'm going to go to be with him. That's just one of a couple dozen. I would commend you the Cripplegate articles. They have two, one on the Old Testament verses, about a dozen, and about a dozen more verses on the New Testament. Just go to the Google machine, type in, do babies go to heaven, comma, Cripplegate. It's a website of Master Seminary guys. You could also visit wretched.org. We have talked about this many times. Use the search engine because I am certain that God in his kindness does not damn little children who don't know they are yet sinning. No. When that child arrives at that level of maturity, then we do need to re-examine and go, hold on a second. They know that they're committing a crime. They know that they're being willfully disobedient. Uh Uh-oh, they're starting to rack up a sin debt, and they need Jesus. But I confidently tell you, if you've lost a child from a miscarriage, you perhaps participated in an abortion, you can be assured you're going to see your child when you arrive and see Jesus. That's question number one. Second question. Since we're all born with original sin, why is it still unfair to label this an exception clause for how God saves people? Yeah, because, yeah, great questions all. It's not an exception clause. God saves sinners. The only way a sinner can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. But a baby, a young child, somebody with limited mental capacities, they, 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 they couldn't be rightly defined as being a sinner. Now, you would say, but do they sin? Yes. Yes, they do. Is it a sin debt? Not if, unless they are willfully, knowingly sinning against God. So it really isn't an exception clause. It's just God in his kindness. And I got to tell you, I, I think this is why Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is made of such, a, such as these. Because now, I know we don't know the age of the child that Jesus might have been pointing at, but if if there aren't children in heaven, then his comparison is destroyed. The kingdom of heaven is made up of such as these. If the kingdom of heaven didn't have a bunch of these in them, then he couldn't use that comparison. But they are, and in that we rejoice. And if you're a mom, you're a dad, and you're still grieving the loss, maybe, just maybe, it will help to know Jesus has your baby safely in his arms. one 282 Hi, Todd and team. I just have a question about uh, those who believe speeding uh, is a sin to the Christian. Uh, my question for them is, if they ever look down and see themselves going one mile over the speed limit, do they drive to their nearest police station and turn themselves in? Yeah! Yeah, Jimmy, did you ever do that? <laughs> Apples and oranges. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the police station doesn't police sin. So, well, they, but the people inside of it do. Uh, what is their what is their de- with their location have to do with your sin? Because God believes sin. When I'm not going to drive to the police station because I've sinned. Uh huh. 
So what other crimes could you commit and not feel obligated to turn yourself into the authorities? Hmm? <laughs> You're going to tenaciously hold on to that opinion that speeding one mile an hour over is sin. Please do, because really, I mean, it's a lot of fun being able to tease you. So please hang well, on I mean, to that. Sin is sin. one 282 Hey, Todd. I was recently accepted to attend the Ambassadors Academy. Excellent. Uh, with the Living Waters team this June. You know, that's not the only academy that's excellent. Get ready for this, Jimmy. Uh-oh. You familiar with the Masters Academy International? It's the Master Seminary, like the Cripplegate guys. They are trained pastors who return to their home overseas, now in 18 countries, many seminaries, training indigenous pastors. It is an outstanding legacy ministry. It'll have an impact for generations because it's strengthening the local church. You can support the Masters Academy International at wretched.org slash pastor. Or you could go to wretched.org slash Bible and help us send we want to send 10,000 MacArthur Study Bibles to our brothers and sisters in the Philippines. Be encouraged. God is moving in the Philippines. There, You could. You could. I actually would say what's happening, what I've heard about what's going on in the Philippines, that to me looks more like a movement of the Holy Spirit than this localized expression of it at a campus that continues to have the same sort of <laughs> outpouring of the Spirit every few years pastors, oodles of them. I always, the, the visual that pops to my mind is the picture of Steve Lawson. He's at a podium and he's in an auditorium and it's a picture from behind him. So you just see, you know, that classic blue blazer, grape slacked Steve Lawson. And you can just, he's got the preacher pose, man, powerful. But you look out into the audience in the Philippines and there were thousands of pastors uh, they were sitting on the floor in the aisles. Apparently, fire codes aren't as big a deal in the Philippines. The point is, thousands of pastors coming to learn how to rightly divide the word of truth. How encouraging is that? So we want to send Bibles to churches of Masters Academy International graduates because they're getting good preaching and teaching. They just don't have a Bible. You want to send some? We'd love it if you would join us and the Masters Academy International, wretched.org slash Bible. But I digress from the Ambassadors Academy. Hey, Todd. I was recently accepted to attend the Ambassadors Academy uh, with the Living Waters team this June. I would like to know uh, your input on some ways that I can effectively open air preach, as I know you've done some of that yourself. Here, there's a lot of things that can be said, and you're going to learn a lot of that at the Ambassadors Academy. My encouragement is to prepare your heart. Why are you doing it? Now, you would say, because I want people to be born again. And so I want to be used by the Lord to proclaim in the open air that Jesus Christ is the exclusive Savior for sinners. But the more you pray for the people that are going to hear you, and the more you pray that God and his Holy Spirit would work on these individuals, you're just going to sound like an individual who's preaching truth in love. That's, I'm telling you, it's the key. I can listen to myself doing open air and I can tell when I'm lacking compassion. I can, I just hear it. I know it because I'm like, I'm just a little too quick to want to jump in as soon as they say something dopey. Or I just sound a little bit maybe like, oh, man, where'd you learn that knuckleheadery? 
So pray for your heart. Pray for their hearts. Pray that the Lord would move. That, to me, is the key. And then just remember the basics. Really, just remember the absolute basics. You're there to proclaim the gospel. And here's what you're going to experience. You're going to get... I'm thinking about Josh Williamson. We played this, I think, last week, doing some open-air preaching in Cardiff, England, I believe, with the dogs barking and the seagulls squawking. And he had a felt board. And in his hand, just they were like eight and a half by 11 sticky things that would go on the board. And so he's holding it in his hand so that he could talk about what was on that card. And then he'd put that card up on the board. And then what did he have in his hand? His talking point for his next, the next part that he wants to get. So we stayed on track. So remember, law, gospel, resurrection, repentance, and faith, because you're going to get knocked all over the place, and they're going to want to take you down all kinds of rabbit holes. Just remember what you're doing. Remember why you are doing it, and then trust God with the results. This is Wretched Radio. Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Preborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives? That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just, oh my gosh. <laughs> Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life, and obviously her baby's life, changed. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support preborn centers at preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thank you so much for joining us here on Wretched Radio today. You know, I get the question quite a bit. Why do you guys do the things that you do there at Wretched? And maybe you've wondered the same thing. And I'll answer that question by sharing a number that I actually read just the other day. Out of around 8 billion people worldwide, roughly 30% claim to be Christian, which means 70% of the world's population is on a collision course with hell. And that is why we do what we do here at Wretched. Our goals are to evangelize the lost, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. And we can't do any of it without the help of our gospel partners. If you're not currently one of our gospel partners, would you prayerfully consider becoming one? It's through the help of our gospel partners that we're able to do what we do and reach millions every single day with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So head to wretched.org slash donate and find out exactly how we can partner together. Wretched! Amazing grace, amazing gospel. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home. Parents get saved and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, 
all over Eastern Europe and now in Africa. Would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe? Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Revelation. Special revelation is God's act of making himself known through direct means. In history, God has spoken directly to people like Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and the prophets. 2,000 years ago, he revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Today, he reveals himself in his perfect word, the Bible. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's cleanup day. Making church signs. What he'd say, like, go maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. I got a church time. Everybody, let's go. That dude could not work at this ministry. There is not one person on staff at this here wretched ministry that can even come close to hitting a note. We can't even see the notes when we assemble every month to sing happy birthday, if you can call it that. Who? Uh. Who knew there were so many keys in music? It is cacophony at its finest. We are going to endeavor. Now, I I don't want to be all squishy on this because I'm not a fan of squishy. But, Jimmy, you're thinking about discontinuing <laughs> church signs. Is that correct? I'll take the heat. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Uh, they make you crabby. I like to see happy Todd. Not crabby Todd. They can make me a little crabby. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> United Methodist Church style, new creation, from one queen to another. Right there. Okay. And I'm supposed to be chipper? <laughs> no. From one queen to a new creation, from one queen to another. To another. What is this? Is this about the Prince Charles? I don't think so. That he's, is it about the We Are the Champions band? <laughs> no, I don't think is so. Is it about transgenderism some weird way? Ding, ding, ding. From one queer. I don't even know what that means. Mm-mm. Now you know why Jimmy wants to baby discontinue this whole shebang. Church sign, your salvation was paid for at the cross by Jesus. Okay, I heard that crystal clear. I just want to hear it again. Dude, the voice on this. Listen. Church sign, your salvation was paid for at the cross by Jesus. Okay, that's swell. Jimmy, do you have any problem whatsoever with that pithy statement that your your salvation was paid for at the cross? No, um, no. I might have a pronoun problem. Yeah. I don't think I'd make a lot of it because there is a general call. We can say to the world, Jesus died for sinners. Now, when you put a pronoun on it, like Jesus died for you, well, whoa. We don't know if God is going to regenerate that person. Having said that, I still don't think it's wrong to say that. I, 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 I've, I, people have tagged me on that before when I'm witnessing to somebody and I'll say, hey, Jesus died for you while you were yet sinning. And they will say, because they're theologically correct. Well, maybe not, because if God doesn't save them, then Jesus didn't die for them. And and I get that, but for some reason I can't get over the hurdle of the general call versus the effectual call. And now if you can find it, you let me know. But when I see gospel proclamations in the Bible, it is a whosoever will may come. That's the general call. 
and we don't get into the theological precision of salvation, it, I, I just don't see it presented that way. So you could be correct. I shouldn't say Jesus died for you, but I, Jimmy, I just, I don't, my conscience just doesn't seem to trouble me with that. Yeah. And so your sins are paid, for, your salvation is paid for at the cross. Okay, it would be more theologically precise to say salvation was paid for, not necessarily yours. But I got to tell you something. I don't think that I would tag that church sign because it was delivered from a dude with an amazing voice. What do you think he does for a living? I don't know, but I would really like if he's listening right now for him to uh, on a uh, computer record. This is Wretched Radio and send it to idea@wretched.com <laughs> along with church sign. Peace begins with a smile. No, it doesn't. It does not. You know. Is that another Methodist church? Because that sure sounds, okay, if somebody wants to kill you, you can have a million-dollar smile. You can have caps on your teeth. It ain't going to stop somebody from harming you. Furthermore, if you're trying to persuade somebody from their worldview or more likely they're trying to impose their progressive worldview on you, go ahead and smile. Your teeth, because you use ultra-bright. Wow, do they still make ultra bright? <laughs> I don't know. They, they make ultra bright. Where did that come from? And your teeth, they literally, the light shines on your bicuspid and it goes, ding. It ain't going to stop them and change their mind. Peace begins with a smile. Good luck with that. Church sign. No spam risk with God except the call. You didn't even hear the sign. I did not. <laughs> I was just wondering if she could work here. Church sign. No, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> no spam risk with God except the call. No spam risk right. with God except, except the call. Yeah. <sighs> no spam So you're not going to get, he's, he's not going to contact I don't get it. When he calls you, it's not from a spammer. So just accept his call. Oh, pick up the phone on Jesus. (laughs) He's ringing and you just keep throwing him into voicemail. Won't you please pick up the phone for Jesus? Church sign. Looking for Mr. Wright. His name is Jesus. Anybody thinking about Vody Bauckham right now? (laughs) We just put him in a clip. Uh, oh, oh, I know what it was. It was the deconstruction video that we posted a few days ago uh, trying to explain why we see so many people deconstructing. Spoiler alert. It's because their faith was never correctly constructed in the first place. Nevertheless, one of the reasons is because we don't present Jesus, maybe as he gets us, maybe as he's nice, but not as the divine savior from sin. Instead, as Vody said in that clip, these preachers that present him as a sissified boyfriend just longing for you to come to, won't you just embrace Jesus? Won't you, won't you just bow to, what is it? What is he, um, something, how does he get to, he's going to kneecap you. <laughs> like only Vody can. You can see that video on the YouTube machine. But this is another demonstration of somebody who has turned Jesus into a boyfriend. He's Mr. Right. That's not one of his titles. Let's stick. We got plenty of them in the Bible. There are dozens and dozens of titles for God. Let's let's stick with those and not 
potentially have the risk of people thinking that you can meet Jesus at Christian Mingle or eHarmony.com if you prefer. And speaking of Mr. Wright, you can do with this as you see fit, young lady. Are you looking for Mr. Wright and finding yourself incapable of identifying Mr. Wright? Are you currently lamenting, there's just nobody out there? Conversely, sir, young man, are you looking for Ms. Wright? You've got that list and she's got to check every single box. I just had a meeting last week, someday, with a number of pastors and they all work with young marrieds and young singles. And they noticed and they all heartily agreed. Three guys with a lot of experience were like, yep, yep, that's the way that it is. Because I brought up that I hear, I'll hear from young women who say, I can't find a godly young man. And then you talk to a godly young man and they go, I can't find a godly young woman. It's it's like a two-way street. And their observation, you can do with this as you will. They said too often young people these days believe that the spouse, it's going to be like, like, like fairy dust comes flying and then the right guy comes riding in on a stallion or she comes down the stairs in a ball gown and the music is playing and the angels are flying and she's perfect in every regard. You're not going to find that. You need to start with godliness. You need to start with finding somebody who loves Jesus more than they're ever going to love you by a long shot. That's what you're looking for. Now that that's established, you can take a look at some of the preference things and to use the wisdom of a Hindu matchmaker. You ever see that show, The Hindu Matchmaker? She tries to match people. It's, 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 that's what they do in Hindu culture. And she's a matchmaker. And she always meets with like the boys and the girls and you get to meet all of them. What are you looking for in a husband? Was that my Irish accent? <laughs> I sometimes don't. And they'll say, well... Um, he needs to be smart. So this is my impersonation of a woman, apparently. He needs to be smart and accomplished. You got to have a great sense of humor, um, athletic, likes to go camping, speaks four different languages. He drives a Chevrolet instead of a Ford, and he's got a size nine shoe, and he does a lot of chores around the house. You will not get all of these things. That is 10 things. You will maybe get six. You will not get 10. And I hate to say it, but I think the Hindu matchmaker is right. You, you're, that, that list, it, life isn't Disney. Now, that is not settling. That person just doesn't exist. Prince Charming is a cartoon. It is a figment of somebody's imagination at a company that is losing a lot of employees these days. The point is, maybe just maybe turn your priority list around. Start with the biblical attributes that you are looking for in a godly spouse. I'm not talking about arranged marriages here or endorsing it. I'm not actually opposed to it, but I'm not endorsing it or suggesting you got to do that. And you can look for some of those things. Yeah, you should be compatible. I think it's good that you got things that are in common. But as long as you've got Christ and your love for him in common, um, your boxes are checked. Then at that point, it's just preference. Do you maybe, maybe, possibly need to make some adjustments? Until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>